Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. That's what happens when you're nourished up in the words of faith, and uh, we are created by the Father of spirits, and His words nourish our inner being. They feed us. Uh, Jesus made the statement, He said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. In Job, it's written, it says, I have esteemed the words of your mouth more than my necessary food. So, you know you have to eat or you'll get weak, you can get sick. You don't eat. You could die. Uh, you got to eat spiritually too. And you don't want to just feed on anything, but you want to feed on thus saith the Lord, what he has said in his word, by his spirit. So get your Bible, get something to make a note with. Come on into the classroom with us. Let's release faith to get what we need today. Father, all of us agree together <clears throat> touching this asking for the anointing, asking for revelation, guidance, direction. Thank you for it. We know it's your will to give it to us. By faith, we lay hold of it. We believe we receive it. Give us eyes and ears and hearts that can see, hear, and understand. Cause us to come up to a higher place in seeing and knowing and drawing close to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Look, please, in 1 John 5 again. This has been our text for a few weeks now on a series that we're calling Faith That Overcomes. 1 John 5 and the fourth verse, 1 John 5, 4, says, For whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world. Not everybody is a world overcomer. But those that are born of God are born overcomers. You're born a winner, a victorious one. And this is the victory, it says, that overcomes the world, even our faith. Said out loud, I'm born of God. I'm born of God. That makes me, that makes me an, overcomer. an overcomer. And this is the victory, this is the victory. that overcomes the whole world. Even my, faith. Even my faith. Hallelujah. Your faith, not just faith in faith, not just faith in yourself, your faith in God. Amen. That's what makes you an overcomer. That is the victory that overcomes the world. Uh, my father in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, he, uh, he said uh, more than once, he said, the spirit of faith is the spirit of victory. 
And you can see that. that, that that's just, you know, uh, talking about this same phrase right here. But the spirit of faith is not just mental knowledge of faith. It's the spirit of faith. Go to 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter, if you would, and, and look at this again. We saw in, in previous uh, classes uh, contrasting between the spirit of fear and the spirit of faith. And in 2 Corinthians 4.13, he talks about the spirit of faith. He says, we, having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken, we also believe and therefore speak. Two of the biggest components of faith is believing in the heart and speaking with the mouth. Believing in the heart, speaking with the mouth. We saw that in Romans 10. How that, uh, he said, don't say who will descend, ascend up into heaven to bring Christ down from above. Who will descend into the deep to bring Christ up from the dead. He said, don't, don't say that. Part of that would be like saying, what mountain do I have to climb? What ocean do I have to cross? He said, no. The word is near you. It's close to you, even in your, uh, your heart and your mouth, uh, that if you'll believe in your heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, if you'll confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, you'll be saved. You don't have to scale the highest mountain. You don't have to cross the deepest sea. The answer is close. And what is the victory that overcomes? It's your faith. And, and how does your faith work? You believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth. Say that out loud if you will. Believe in your heart, in your heart. and say it with your mouth. Uh, it's not just saying it, but it's not just silently men mental assent either. Uh, many people, even though they've gone to church uh, maybe all their life, they have not been taught to speak on purpose. And sometimes people, you know, tune into some of these classes and hear me say, we start off the class with a confession, Right? <laughs> Well, and people, that, that seems odd to some people. They're like, why do you keep saying, say this, say this, say this? Am I a parrot? What do you think? I, no, <laughs> that's because over the years, some things have been lost in the church because the word tells us that Jesus himself is the apostle and high priest of our confession. He works with what we say. And he's the one that revealed the great principle of faith. Jesus did in Mark 11. And also recorded in Matthew 21. Where he said. Whoever will say to this mountain. Be removed. Be cast into the sea. Shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe that those things which he saith. Will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Do you hear both elements of that very strong there? Not doubting in your heart, but believing in your heart. But you won't just have what you believed, you'll have what you said. Right? 
your, your faith, your, your speaking is your faith being expressed, your faith being released. So there's got to be both. Uh, not just saying something and not believing, that's not going to produce any results. But not just silently hoping or wondering or saying you believe, but, but not enough confidence to speak it out boldly. No, the way God created everything that is seen is he conceived it inside himself and then he spoke it into existence. And he told us to be imitators of him as dear children. So we must, uh, if, we're, if we're overcoming things, if we're being overcomers, this is the victory that, that accomplishes it, even our faith. And we know that is comprised of believing something, being fully convinced, fully persuaded of something inside of us, in our heart. And then what else? Saying it with our mouth. Saying it. And if people think that's strange, it's just because they're ignorant of the word. Because he hadn't changed. <laughs> it's always been that way. And in the beginning of the beginning days of the church, uh, it was emphasized, what, what are we reading here? <laughs> we're reading things that were written in the beginning days of the church. That's how they functioned. That's how they operated. But see, things have been lost over the decades and over the centuries where people, you know, uh, got more into the ideas of men and traditions of men. And it has replaced, in many cases, the Word of God which is also why it doesn't work. It doesn't produce results. But how many want to do it like Jesus did it? Huh? Do it like Paul did it, right? Yeah. Do that. That's how you want to do it. And we're reading. He's telling us how it, these are Paul's words inspired by the Holy Spirit. Look at it, verse 13 again. We having the same spirit of faith, according as it is written, I believed and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Got to have both, both, both. Not one or the other, not just one, both. Believing in the heart, speaking with the mouth. This is the spirit of faith. And it's the same spirit of faith that Paul operated in, he got from the master himself that the other apostles and disciples operated in the beginning days of the church. And when you read in Hebrews 11, that great chapter of Hall of Fame of Faith, that's the same spirit of faith they had. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Elijah, all these guys, all these people, all these men and women, Anybody that saw miracles and saw amazing things happen in their life by God's power and word coming to pass, and their faith was connected to it, it's the same spirit of faith that you and I walk in today. Amen. There's not, you know, two or three different kinds of God kind of faith. It's all from Him. It's all a measure of His faith. Go back to Numbers 13, if you would. We were looking at this on yesterday's class, and what we can easily observe is the contrast, stark contrast, between the spirit of faith and the spirit of fear. We read and saw how that God had delivered His people 
out of Egyptian slavery and bondage, and I mean through amazing miracles, healed them all, put money in their pockets, and brought them right up to the border of the land he called the land that flowed with milk and honey, Canaan's land, promised land. And uh, they sent out 12 uh, men of respect and renown, one from each of the 12 tribes, on a reconnaissance mission to spy out the land, see what's there. And uh, they come back then after 40 days, being gone over a month, uh, looking at it and all these things, and brought back that giant cluster of grapes and pomegranates and figs and, and proof of what God had already told them, that it is very fertile land. It is watered by rain. It is uh, uh, well positioned. It's good weather, good environment, good soil, like we said. It's, you know, shouldn't be surprising. Just what God told you. And so these individuals come to give the report of what they have seen through their 40 days of spying out the land. And verse 26, they came and brought back word and showed them the fruit. And then they told them, they said, we came to the land where you sent us and surely it flows with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, We'd, we'd probably say today, but, <laughs> but. I've heard people say that about the scriptures. Yeah, I know all those scriptures are in there, but. What, what do they mean when they say that? They're, they're saying, yeah, I know all those scriptures in there, but that doesn't matter. Huh? That, that makes no difference. Because this is what's important to me. This is what I see as the most significant thing. This is what's determining the outcome. But that's a giant problem. When you're doing that to what God told you. When they said nevertheless, in essence, they just brushed away what he said. Because he had said, I give it to you. It's yours. Right? And so, nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. The cities are walled, very great. We saw the children of Anak there, and there probably went a hush and a oh across the, the, the masses of people because this, is, this was stuff of legend and nightmares. Uh, it might be hard for us to relate, but uh, there was a time when there were literal giants uh, on the earth. And these were not just people that were a little bit bigger than the average man. They were sometimes twice the size of an average human being. And with heights of 10 feet and more. Now people will say, oh, oh that's just crazy. That's, that's never been. Well, you don't believe the Word of God. And that's your choice. But if part of it's not true, then the rest of it's not true. What do you even know? No, it's true. I said it's true. You either accept it or you don't. And, and in reading this whole narrative, 
you wouldn't be that scared of somebody who was three inches taller, <laughs> right, than most of the rest of your troops. You could probably figure we probably handle that, you know. But no, these were individuals who were just not normal men. They were 10 foot tall. They, were, they weighed, what, four or 500 pounds. They, they were just killing machines. And um, everybody was scared of them. It was the stuff of nightmares. And they saw not one group of these, but more than one, multiple groups of giant, they found giant land. And it happened to be the same land <laughs> that's supposed to be their land. And so it, the, the conclusion of 10 of the 12 spies was, this is not our land. This is giant land. And if it's giant land, it can't be our land. Because we can't deal with these giants. Because the idea was these giants are indestructible virtually and they're, because they were, they wore in a time where this was the latest technology, they wore coats of mail and metal helmets, there were iron chariots, this was the latest technology of the day when the average guy had some leather something <laughs> with one blade or a, or a shield uh, they seem to be undefeatable. But they are defeatable. Yes. Oh, come on. Are y'all listening or not? Giants are not indestructible. David proved that. Is that right? But there, is, there was this mystique that they are. And the reason I, you know why I'm talking about this, don't you? Because there will always be Giants. Hmm? Whatever it is, you know, uh, whether it's a disease, whether it's an economic issue, whether it's a political issue, whatever, it can, it's something that just seems so big, so powerful in, its, in the way it works, that nobody can do anything with it. But that's forgetting about God. Oh, come on, class. I said, I said that's forgetting... About God. Amen. Huh? Look with me. Hold your place there and uh, go to Isaiah. Hold your place because we're, we're not done with that. But uh, Isaiah 51. And they'll put it on the amazing self writing chalkboard that we have. <laughs> Isaiah 51 11. He said, therefore, the redeemed of the Lord shall return and come with singing to Zion and everlasting joy shall be on their head. They will obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and mourning shall flee away. That's being delivered from the spirit of fear and the bondage of fear. That's the spirit of faith that's connected to joy and peace. Now, notice what the Lord said in the next verse. He said, I, even I. Now, every word matters. I, even I, me. I'm he that comforts you. Who are you that you should be afraid of a man that shall die and of the son of man which shall be made as grass? Now, we'll see that in this 
response when they got up and said, there's no way. There's giants, multiple giants. There's huge walls. And, and Caleb said, shh, 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 shh. Let's go get it today. We're well able. And, and, and they said, are you crazy? We're not able. No. We saw the giants. Did you not understand it? Yeah. Caleb saw the same giants they saw. He was there. He and Joshua were there. They were two of the twelve. They said, no. We saw them. They're giant. They said, all the men we saw there. Well, now they're exaggerating. Because they're not all giants over there. All the men we saw were of great stature. And, and we were like grasshoppers in their sight. Now I'm going to jump ahead a little bit because when the next generation after 40 years finally did go in and you know they went and talked to Rahab at her, her place and, and she told them everybody's shaking in their boots because of you. It wasn't true that they saw them as grasshoppers. God had already prepared for their advancement he had caused them to hear about all of the signs and wonders that had happened in Egypt and they were just shaking in their boots waiting for them to come take it. But they didn't know that. They didn't believe that. He said, who are you that you should be afraid of a man that shall die and the son of man that shall be made as grass and forget us the Lord your maker that has stretched forth the heavens and laid the foundations of the earth. And you feared continually every day because of the fury of the oppressor, as if he were ready to destroy? Where is the fury of the oppressor? Did the giants scare God? Are you joking? Are you kidding? Huh? Why, why didn't God make a deal, big deal out of the giants? Because they weren't a big deal. Now they look like a big deal. <laughs> if you are a five foot five human. <laughs> they look like a very big deal. But that's because you're comparing ten foot a giant to five foot five of you. And that's your mistake. huh? And forgetting about who told you this was your land. Forgetting about your maker who stretched forth the heavens, who creates stars. Oh, friend, this, this is such a big part of spirit of faith, spirit of fear. It's the choice of what you focus on. The choice of what you look at, of what you listen to. Right? You can become infatuated with giants. And Google giants. <laughs> and get people to tell you and look, and look at, you know, 800 entries on giants and how big they are and how much they can bench press and how big a sword they can swing and all this kind of stuff and about all their, how many people they've killed and exploits and all like that. And that's going to do nothing but rob you of your faith and put fear in you. Huh? Somebody says, well, what's that got to do with me if there's no more giants on the earth? Maybe cancer is your giant. 
Hmm? Maybe cancer. Maybe you've been diagnosed with terminal, incurable, inoperable cancer. And maybe it's looming up over you like a ten-foot giant saying, I have killed millions and I will kill you too. And if all you have done is think about cancer and research cancer and listen about cancer, then you got faith in cancer. But what you need to do is remember your maker. Oh, hallelujah. There's somebody bigger than cancer. Oh, there's a God. I said there's a God. And he's a healer. He's a great physician. And maybe it is impossible in the natural. And maybe you can't beat it in your own strength. But you are not alone. As a believer, you are born of God. That makes you an overcomer. Hallelujah. And this is the victory that overcomes that thing. If it's, if it's in the world and cancer's in the world and all these problems are in the world, you can overcome it with your faith in God. But you're going to have to quit talking about cancer. You've got to quit talking about how, in, how incurable, inoperable, how terminal it is and how bad the pain is and how bad the symptoms and how fast it's advanced. You've got to stop that. Stop that and start talking about the God with whom nothing is impossible. Start talking about Jesus who took your infirmities, who bore your sicknesses, who carried your pain. Start talking about God will satisfy me with long life. Hallelujah. And show me, you got you to gotta decide what you're going to focus on. You're going to focus on the giant or you're going to focus on your God? The giant's bigger than you. But God's bigger than the giant. <laughs> Say it out loud. Giants are not indestructible. No, they're not. You know there's proof of that? No giants around anymore. Huh? <laughs> not a one survived. <laughs> Proving they're not indestructible. But see that group and that group of ten that went out there and looked, in their mind, the giants and the walled cities are unconquerable. They are indestructible. Uh, you go up against it, it's to sign your own death warrant. The only outcome of you going against those giants is you dying. And they completely cast their confidence in what God said away, and they forgot about God. They forgot that God is bigger than giants. Come on, say it out like God is bigger. Way bigger than any giant, than any disease, than any need. My God is bigger. Great is the Lord my God. Hallelujah. Is he greater? Is he bigger? And greater is he that's in you. The spirit of the living God is in you and he is greater. And if I keep my eyes off of me and off of the giants and on him, it'll nourish my faith. And I'll rise up in confidence and I'll know what to believe and what to say and what to do. And if I'll do it, and keep following him day after day. When the dust clears, I'll be standing here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. With the victory in hand. And the giant will be laying down. Hallelujah. <laughs> and time is up. But you got to come back because there's more to see about this. We'll see you soon. 
back here in Faith School. I've got the victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.